welcome back to the Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan, and that's Matt. Hey, Matt, I'm so happy because today I found my friends there in my head. <laughs> Ryan, chew your meat for you. Pass it back and forth in a passionate kiss from my mouth to yours. I like you. That's a deep cut, Matt. What was <laughs> the deep cut on an album with both uh, great mountains and deep cuts. This is, uh, it's time. We've arrived. It's Nirvana's Nevermind. Oh, boy. Um, you know, it has been a long climb climb up what we have called Mount Sex Magic. Exactly. Right? Um, you know, that we started this historical quarter um, by the, uh, the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers twofer of um, 1991's Red, uh, Red Blood Sugar Sex Magic um, and the uh, much earlier 88. 89 um uplift mofo party plan um with the idea that then we would go back from the late 80s back up to 1991 um and rejoin with uh nevermind uh because blood sugar sex magic um and nevermind uh alongside um the tri- tribe called quests low end theory which uh, rachel and i discussed a few weeks ago were all um released on the same day, September 24th, 1991. And so this is nearly upon us, this uh, massive 25th uh, anniversary of, I think what should be like a holiday, it should be called CD Store Day. Right? <laughs> you know, the, the, there's there's a record store day, there's now a cassette store day, and I feel like, you know, that September 24th, 1991 is the high watermark of CDs. <laughs> um, uh, because there are just so many great CDs, or it's, it's, it's I guess, CD Store an MTV day, yeah. right? Um, because th- those are the ingredients of this era. Um, and as we've been talking about this, this whole fertile period of, um, of, of kind of late summer, early fall 1991, uh, where all of these great albums across several different genres came out, you know, that uh, CDs have been imp- important in terms of we've been buying them. Uh, you have, especially as with um, last week's uh, double album, The Use Your Illusions by Guns N' Roses, make full length, uh, full, full uh, take full advantage of the length if of the CD format. Yeah, exactly. If we're talking about LPs, it's two double albums. It's like four, five, you know, eight sides of vinyl to to contain all of Use Your Illusion. Right. Um, whereas as Nirvana do, isn't necessarily um, long in that way, right? This is a much more, I think it's a 50 minute album. Yeah, something and like that, that. You almost could fit it on one LP, right? Yeah. And I think that I'm, I'm not sure if that runtime includes the like um, 10 minutes of silence uh, to use to insulate the bonus track at the end, the hidden track, uh, Endless Nameless. Um, and, and so this is one that I, um, that I had on cassette. Um, maybe one of the first cassettes that I that I bought, um, and and I think actually that cassette I may still have that cassette somewhere um, kicking around, uh, and and I break it out every uh, every now and then, and so this is this is a, a massive album, right? And this is an album. That was released in September 1991 uh, on a major lev- uh, label on on DGC uh, records, um, and but it had modest expectations. Um, and over the kind of late fall of of 1991 and early 1992, be- exploded into a major um, pop cultural force. And, and the rest and the rest is as they say, um, punk history or alternative history, um, rock and roll history, and um, and so that there's there's a lot this is a on the one hand this 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 kind of uh moment of great uh um 
uh, excitement and arrival of, I think this has been a big landmark on the map for us. Um, and, and at the same time, I think it's, it is a bit hard to approach because this is an album, um, as, as I alluded to, that this is, was something that I, um, loved as a kid and, and I think was responsible for getting me into music in general and kind of on my own, um, and, and kind of rock music or alternative music. And I think later punk music, right? And so just kind of opening doors upon doors of possibilities. Uh, and, and, uh, and I think it's very, uh, and I think that the, the first of those doors was the music video for Smells Like Teen Spirit, um, which I almost, I very clearly remember seeing in, you know, in the basement, um, of, of my parents' house, you know, of my childhood home, uh, on, uh, I believe on, on MTV, uh, or a related kind of music video count. It, it could have been on a music video countdown on another channel um but you know on a music video channel and um and and it it blowing my mind right and and me needing uh needing more and and more of that song and more of what what this was um and so this is a a album where you know so listen to it odds are you've you've probably heard the big hits because the big hits are huge right the kind of four singles smells like teen spirit come as you are lithium and in bloom are all kind of on you know have have rightful places on best of the 90s compilations um still crop up on alternative radio stations uh, are often sung at karaoke nights you know that these are these are ubiquitous um but that there are some other deeper cuts that hold up well too right this is not not even just a kind of um you know a a a few singles and um and and a sprinkling but this is a a this is an album right and i think that i i want to emphasize that because some of these other great uh, records or important records that were released in 1991 don't necessarily hold together as albums. Um, again, looking back at, at, at the use your illusions as an extreme example. Um, but this is one where there is, I think a lot of certainly, um, like great songs kind of beginning to end. And I think a lot of interesting things happen in pacing, uh, and, and sequencing and, 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 and kind of resonant themes. Um, and it's just, it is, it, it, uh, the, the, it's, it's a lot of things, right? And, and, you know, some of it will be nostalgia. Some of it will be discovery. Some of it will be very furious workout music. If you, if you do listen to music while exercising, uh, you will run fast, very fast miles. <laughs> I was uh, driving. I, I put this on while I was driving and I broke uh, speed limits in ways that I wouldn't dare to with a more mellow record. Yeah, it feels unsafe, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like, uh, I, and, and I think that, that that is there. And, and I mean, just driving with Nirvana in particular, but like there is an element of danger here, right? And, and this is, is, um, kind of in part, you know, knowing the kind of eventual, you know, uh, Kurt Cobain's, uh, suicide just three years later, right? In, uh, in 94, if, if I'm remembering correctly, um, that, that this already kind of feels ominous, um, at, you know, in part because of the effect that kind of fame had on him uh, on his personal life on his on his on his overall kind of mental mental health and well-being um is that there is a kind of uh, a, a, a sense of foreboding and danger here um as you as you listen to this um so so listen to nevermind you know celebrate celebrate cd store day um uh with with many of the great cds of the fall of 91 one but especially several spins of of nevermind and, and especially you know especially if you know the singles well, um, 
you know, uh, spend some time on what was uh, kind of side two of my cassette, uh, which I believe side two began, if uh, memory serves correctly, with territorial pissings, mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, um, with the with- unexpected noise rock song on this uh, on this record, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, and so I believe you know, spend a little more time on that back half uh, if you're less familiar, um, and and give it all a few spins, um, and and then we will dive we will dive right into the pool alongside the naked dollar chasing baby uh, right after this word from our commercial sponsors. Do you feel like you care too much about things? Oh yeah, I'm like so sincere and invested in everything. Do you do you care about your grades? Yeah, I want good. I have stress dreams all the time. Do you, do you care about getting into a good college? God, yeah, that's why I care about my grades. Uh, do you care about getting a good job, making a good salary, finding a good partner, getting a good house, getting oh. a good rate on oh. your mortgage? Oh. God, God, you're like giving me an anxiety attack, man. Well, if you're having anxiety attacks, let me recommend lithium. Whoa. Thank you for this pill. I feel very calm. Yeah, that's right. Lithium is a uh, uh, a drug that can deal with all of your anxiety uh, and mood stabilization needs. It's wait, a psychi- wait, all of it? How could you do that? How could that be safe? I'm not really sure about this. Is this really a good idea for me to medicate like this? I'm not really so sure. No, uh, it's absolutely a good idea. Uh, it's, uh, it's important to use when you're having a, a major depressive disorder or bipolar disorder. So you're sounding pretty manic to me. Oh, thank you for that second lithium. I feel a lot better now. <laughs> lithium. It's been thoroughly discredited, but not in 1991. And we're back. I don't know. Don't get your, don't get your psychopharmacological knowledge from this podcast. I think, I, that, uh, but I think that's what most of our listener base is. is <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's, 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 I, I assume that we have just hundreds of people waiting through, um, you know, hours and hours of, 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 of rock, rock criticism and social theory, uh, uh, and social theory to, um, get nuggets of pharmacological <laughs> advice. Like I mean, a, like a, like a, uh, prescription needle in an indie rock haystack. <laughs> this was, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that actually talking about psychoactive medications is not a terrible way to start thinking about, about this, this album because it, it addresses, I, well, okay, let me, let me back up a second. If, if I may, uh, I, I, Ryan, I have a question. May I back up a second? No, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I qualified. Yes. <laughs> um, I, you and I are on different sides of a, uh, of an important divide. I didn't own this record. I owned Pearl Jam's 10. And right? I did not own Pearl Jam's 10. I owned this record. I know, right. And that's, I think that that's important somehow. And it's, and- it's maybe the most important division in our country today. <laughs> um, yeah. And I- <laughs> the, Pearl, the Pearl Jammers and the Nirvanites. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. I mean, what I'm saying is take off your uh, Make Nirvana Great Again uh, ratty thrift store cardigan and, uh, you know, and put on the the flannel shirt of uh, of riff rock uh, is, is, you know, is is what I'm saying. I think that there's something I mean, it 
interesting interesting in this in this historical stretch that all the bands that we've been talking about and partly this is your and my uh orientation and partly i think there's something to do uh with the time like uh the low end theory um my Bloody Valentine, Pearl Jam, Metallica, sort of, uh, definitely Nine Inch Nails, uh, The Pixies, right? Um, BC Boys, sort of, Public Enemy, definitely, uh, Sonic Youth in a way, right? Like, um, that there's an element of social criticism in, in all of these, and there's an element of, sort of the world the world not being right and an element of kind of um, a misfit quality and sort of talking i think talking about the underside of the reagan revolution a little bit right like talking about yeah. the people who get who who didn't partake in the kind of the average gains in quality of life or you know economic status or whatever talking about the sort right. of the yeah. places where the trickle down didn't trickle down to yeah exactly right? yeah exactly right the law lo- the the patches of arid rock right between right. the between the rivulets of of uh value trickling trickling down and it's uh you know and and so i one way you could do a a typology of the or one one interesting axis that you could stretch out um the half dozen or the dozen or so records are is is what exactly is the problem and like most things it's continuous and hyperdimensional right like is my own self-hatred the problem because i'm bad uh now you're in nine inch nails territory a little bit right uh is my dad the problem because shut up dad you're not the boss of me now you're in pearl jam territory a little bit right like is society uh, is society the problem? Um, now you're in public enemy territory a, li- uh, a little, a little more, right? And that, like, um, that with that with Nirvana, I, I there's a great synthesis, right? And and I even though this wasn't like I was in the slightly harder, I actually probably as a, as a teenager when I was you know I, not totally. Um, I, I didn't sort of recognize the the slight tongue in cheek that has to be a part of all rock music. Uh, I think I felt more threatened by Nirvana than Pearl Jam. I think that the area that they were in was scarier, um, right for me yeah. than 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 Pearl Jam because Pearl Jam kind of packaged up a lot of the. Uh, a lot of this stuff, and it was like a sort of rage missile directed outward, right? Whereas, whereas Nirvana is so relentlessly poetic, you know, yeah. and that yeah. like, and it's a real achievement. Like, I I think Kurt Cobain was a great lyricist and songwriter, um, and uh, and just what just what he manages to synthesize in in the lyrics to a lot of these songs, and we'll, we'll get into them in in. Um, in short order, but like what he manages to synthesize kind of ties up a lot of the threads of the social critical uh, uh, bent of of music music at this time, and uh, and and manages to make something really really transcendent out of them, which is why this album is still. I mean, here here we are, twenty five years later, and it's it's it feels as vital, uh, like like putting this on, hearing that you know, bound down. 
pound, 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 pound. And then the, the, you know, Dave go like, booger, right. It's like, it's this incredible wake up call. It's this incredible, uh, call, call to poetic arms, call, call to rocking arms, you know? And, uh, and it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's sort of, it's sort of wonderful. And I, I sort of salute it and recognize it, even though, uh, in the co- con- contemporary time, I was probably on the other side of the Pearl Jam Nirvana divide. I mean, it's really, it's, it's interesting. Um, I have a few quick reactions. One is just like, you know, we talk a lot about these kind of opening sonic moments. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think that one is, you, you, you meant, you mentioned those two entrances, but there's also, I think, I think if I forget now if it's right between, um, uh, Cobain and Grohl, or it's just concurrent with Grohl, is Chris Novacelic's bass kind of coming in as well as Durm. And so, right, that you get the three entrances. Yeah. Um, and, and the, that is like also in a, a kind of this interesting um one of these interesting uh clues of what's going on in this record as well right so that you have kind of Co- cobain's pr- uh, prowess as a lyricist as a like as a as a songwriter and a kind of writer of melody um and then the the combined instrumental prowess at this um at this trio at the height of their um uh, of their of of their powers right and that there is this amazing kind of leanness right that especially after um after the the um guns and roses bloat right that this is like literally feels ripped right like that that it is it really is and i mean that in the sense of like muscular right and kind of um stripped of of excess and fat and it is it is powerful it is is substantial um but but with the kind of bare minimum necessary to achieve that right that it is um and and that that is is that and i I find myself kind of marveling throughout the album of of everyone every player on the album um has uh has a a multitude of these kind of showcase moments right where there's a small bass lick um i think the one the, the one that i always remember really well is um on on a plane right where chris novichok plays this like do 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 it's right it's right after it's right before the last verse and it, it kind of is this like little rope-a-dope that sends you into the last verse um like there's many of these like kind of uh grohl fills uh or patterns that kind of provide this Propul- a unique propulsion or texture um and then these just amazing kind of guitar moments right um that are a kind of a great kind of synthesis of a lot of what was going on in guitar rock throughout this era that we've been talking about of sonic youth and and um and and uh and and dinosaur jr and and the pixies right sure yeah go and going back to like jesus mary chain and yeah. you know a little bit i mean a little bit it prefigures it he couldn't have heard it like butch Vig couldn't have heard uh my bloody valentine before this but like it's I, he's already headed in that direction sonically right like well, he, he could have heard that there because there was a first my bloody valentine album oh, sure. right like so so i and, and i mean definitely he goes there even harder by like um smashing pumpkins um and and the garbage album but it's it's there right that that's absolutely part of the 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 alt rock gumbo but this is yeah i mean this it's interesting because it's i associate that that sonic youth as being more of an art music and the kind of the riff rock that pearl jam 
uh, that I sort of reference Pearl Jam to uh, as being more of a folk music, right? Like, and going back to even some of the 1970s stuff that Mark and I, Mark Lee and I talked about when we talked uh, about the film Almost Famous um, and some of the, like, the riff rock of the, and, and, and like the kind of proto hard rock of the, of the, the 1970s and the connection of that to almost like folk music and, you know, to almost like Dylan and folk music and troubadours and, you know, whatever, um, that, there, that like, I think that there is, there is maybe a, there's maybe an art rock folk, folk rock, uh, um, uh, thing, uh, dichotomy that, but though, though maybe that would be saying too much. I saw, I'll, I'll see if I can locate this, um, uh, locate this video. I saw, uh, posted on a website, a video of Nirvana playing, um, a show in Seattle in a small club a few days after Nevermind was released. Yeah, and yeah. it, it was, uh, it was incredible. Like it looked like it would have been a great show to be at. They sounded great, and the the just the atmosphere was riotous. Like it was it was just fantastic rock and roll show. Like everyone is throwing themselves into it, uh, sort of thing. In that kind of atavistic, you know, uh, primal uh, rock and roll way. So so calling it an art music, I get. I call it, you know saying that it's it's uh, uh, rarefied or or bloodless is not. Uh, not nearly fair and is inaccurate, oh. but the sound, I mean, the, the, the willingness to be, the willingness to alienate, um, sonically rather than, rather than just thematically, right, is, uh, is the defining characteristic, I would say. Well, I think that there is, but there's, that is a, it's, there are conjoined twins of the, of the kind of noise, kind of art rock kind of element and, the pop element, right? That, that of, of a kind of Beatlesy, like, like kind of back to a Beatlesy kind of, um, sensibility of, of hooks and, and, and of kind of like these like strong kind of, um, uh, melodic moments and, uh, and moments of kind of arrival, right? And so that there is, I mean, there's a way, right, in which Nirvana is the first pop punk band, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and that, and it, it, you know, it does, it doesn't sound like that, you know, in some ways, and they are, or at the very least, they are pop punk John the Baptist to, I guess, what would be Green Day's pop punk Jesus, right? Um, and, 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 you know, being recognizable of what we call pop punk, uh, in that it sounds a little bit more like a kind of, um, <laughs> A version of the of 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 like the clash and I like I like I like Christianity before Jesus when it was just John the Baptist and it was cool. That guy was hardcore. He ate locusts and wild honey. Yeah, man, he just baptized people. He was just in it for the baptisms, right? right? Like you know, yeah, he didn't he didn't care about salvation. It wasn't like selling out. He didn't care about redemption. You know what redemption actually means? Literally buying. Yeah. Like, you know, I, like, I, I, I remember we just like with John the Baptist, we just had like one loaf of bread and one fish. We didn't need, you know, we just drank water. We didn't have to turn it into wine. All right. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Come on, Jesus. If you're not now, you never were. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The Messiah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I think that there is this kind of sense of there is this this punkness here. There is a irreducible punkness and an irreducible popness. Yeah. Um, And and I think that this is um, this is a pop punk. This is the pop punk 
existence proof, right? That, that this is that, that it's a proof of concept, uh, that this can exist. And, and it would be the, you know, the punk would ultimately get a little poppier and someone make it, would make it punkier, but that this is kind of a fusion of these, uh, of these things. Um, and, and I think that that is, um, kind of the the dual power of of this, uh, and what kind of turned it into such this um this cultural uh, turning point. Um, I I think in a lot of ways it wasn't ju- it made it possible for punk and various punk subgenres to become pop uh, at a certain point. Uh, but it, it was able to do that because it was it wasn't punk that become became popular. It was punk that was also pop. Um, so speaking, yeah. Uh, it it absolutely it absolutely does, and it's kind of related to one of the early questions of the podcast, which is like when we were talking about indie pop in particular, which came first, uh, yeah. the 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 sort yeah. of the indie or the pop. Like it's there's a chicken and egg question about sort of about punk and pop. If you say say that punk is indiness uh, or is a particular flavor of indiness, right, of independence from uh, uh, corporate do- from you know corporate or economic di- domination from a social consensus and and so on um you know kind of which which comes first and the, and the ability the ability to fuse them so that kind of in the like it, there's this hybridity in the the very dna of of the songs not like there's a punk song and then a pop song and then a punk song and then a pop song but but that each song kind of partakes in both and and exemplifies uh both both traits well that's that's an interesting thing speaking of cultural influence though i mean i think there's a challenge that we face when trying to comment critically on this album which is that we are like we're sort of on sa- on the sacred ground of our own adolescence right like the the we're in the territory where our own tastes were formed when we talk about this uh this historical period right because this is the music that we became aware of um uh, this is the music that we became aware of. And I, th- I think that like whatever you were listening to, like when you become aware of music, it's, it's that you're, you're something that, that we described early on in the podcast is your library of norms, right? Yeah. Uh, get set, right? Get set by the stuff that you were hearing when we heard Nirvana and Pearl Jam and, uh, uh, Nine Inch Nail. And I'm more like Downward Spiral for me, but like, uh, this sort, this sort of stuff for me, uh, some of the female singer songwriters, you know, other, uh, other popular stuff that was, that was on MTV, some of the hip hop that was happening in, in the nineties for me, especially in LA. Uh, like you're in, it, it and and it's difficult because these things they they feel like things that were found not things that were made right and and i think there's a there's a when it gets very close to your life there's a a difficulty in commenting critically on it in sort of um in uh, examining and explicating what the dynamics of it are and th- there's a task of making strange uh, there's kind of a step of 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 remove that that has to happen i'm not sure there's much more to that b- beyond that but i wanted to well, to say it i had a related question if i if i had asked a question it would have been this never mind you know with its its kind of uh its its violence and sex and sexy violence uh and uh and and its and its substance 
audiences and it's it's kind of um you know just overall kind of menace should have we been listening to this when we were nine and eleven <laughs> <laughs> i i mean i was maybe a little i was maybe a little older it it had taken root like it was uh so you it, came to it after it had been out for a little you were more of a teen um, yeah i was maybe uh, like i I think eighth grade probably, so I was twelve or thirteen. So I yeah, I guess it's not much better, right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, you were still you still barely smelled like teen spirit. <laughs> like you just you 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 smelled of like 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 a, a melange of tween spirit and teen spirit. <laughs> um, you know, tentative teen spirit. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely had it at, at like nine nine to ten. I mean, I remember. Um, the, like the being puzzled, uh, absolutely by the lyric, uh, I'm so horny, uh, but that's okay. My will is good in lithium. <laughs> right. Uh, and I did, I think, and I think someone else, uh, and we have a, uh, a, a, a collaborative album, uh, article, a think tank that we're, uh, posting, uh, on the site. And I think that more than one other overthinking it writer also thought that Polly was about a parrot, um, for, for a while. Uh, well, that, I mean, I, th- I think like i i was maybe being slightly older like i was in a different uh i was in a a slightly different demographic right so it we recognized that the the sexual references were sexy references and could like could sort of laugh at them as kind of like if someone said dicks in class like we would laugh right like the way dicks were funny um just dicks just dicks quay just dicks quay dicks not you know what i mean like you laugh because if you didn't laugh someone would say what are you a homo (laughs) like like you had to laugh because that's what everyone was doing but i don't think Um, we totally totally uh sounded the depths of the menace that's uh you know that's that's present here right like it was it it was uh like it's a different thing to sort of to uh to like actually know the the backstory of polly and to kind of say like ah polly wants a cracker should get off her first that's because sex (laughs) sex (laughs) boners (laughs) doing it yeah no, and there there is a certain that, that level. I mean, that is an interesting thing of that we read it as part of the pack, right? It was a collective reading, and so that there wasn't necessarily opportunity for kind of individual reading because it was it was very socially mediated. Um, and I do think I remember yeah. reading that the original title of the album was supposed to be Sheep, right? <laughs> um, and uh, uh, and in reference to uh, what what uh, you know what what Kurt thought about the potential buyers of the album, and I mean, and, and it's, it's there to an extent um in the uh in in the album cover right in the iconic album cover of the naked baby chasing the dollar um you know it's funny because that baby i mean here's an interesting kind of thing when we talk about our age with reference to it right that 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 baby is a millennial is a pr- that 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 actual <laughs> baby is a current millennial right uh, uh and uh and and you know it is there's something ominous about the you know when we talk about kind of economic precarity of the kind of younger end of the age cohort or or, or the it, depending on how we slice ourselves, um, you know, I, I I generally have begun to reluctantly self-identify as a very very old millennial, uh, as the oldest of the millennials, and you might be able to get in as the youngest of of the Gen Xers, right? Um, um, but that that you know, I, I definitely is, I definitely get the long end of that stick, don't I? 
Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, so these kind of the millennials, as you know, in a in a way, like everyone under the age of about thirty three is is a naked baby chasing the dollar, <laughs> right? Uh, and then there is something very prophetic about that. Well, I when, mean, yeah, when, it is. It, it is interesting. Right? Yeah, it's it's interesting because we've sort of we've actually uh, the triumph of late capitalism is that we've actually made the chasing of the dollar the means of self-actualization right <laughs> in the uh, in the you know at the contemporary moment right the naked baby's now an uber driver <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly right like and it's great because the naked baby can set his own hours you know <laughs> he can work uh he's he yeah exactly he's in charge of his own uh, of his own exploitation um to to a certain extent but that i mean this is uh, you know i don't know this is an interesting thing right like in in poly in the, there's a connection there is this there's this um focus on malevolence uh at, th- there's conformity um which is a kind of a common theme of i mean it it's always a common theme of adolescence and it, cuz it's you know i it, there's a uh probably like a necessary like existential gate that you pass through as a young adult with like between like conformity and individuation and um and that you, you, everyone kind of charts their own their own path and kind of stakes out their own territory on that continuum and uh and and so the and also like uh, in in times of of economic expansion uh there seems to be this this in times of prosperity there seems to be this uh put up or shut up kind of kind of ethic uh in in the 50s it was uh uh or yeah in the the 50s and by the 50s i mean you know the stretch between the uh um the uh, end of the second world war and the time the beatles played on the ed sullivan show right uh that 20 year ish period and especially after korea right there there was this kind of man in the gray flannel suit thing and and here it's it's maybe more of an american psycho uh thing but um, but american psycho uh is already to american psycho or blue velvet or any of these documents that that are about the kind of the dark underbelly of of that thing are are maybe already too perceptive about the trade-offs involved in that in that conformity but here for nirvana the conformity is connected to malevolence that's the point that i want to make and that there is a specific um malevolent will to dominate uh that's expressed in the the kidnapper rapist and polly in uh in a lot of the songs in in particular in particular ways and it's sophisticated in the way that the persona the eye of the songs sort of uh partakes in or is uh, affected by that malevolent will to dominate um that results in that results in conformity so it's all it's almost like on the structure agency balance it it tilts more towards agency in in my view and that the the um the uh the sort of the oppression the social oppression that every teenager feels is um is like a a, a sort of thumb pressing them down you know a specific thumb with a specific intention pressing them down rather than like a a cultural system or uh you know a generational right a, a sort of uh quasi marxian generational struggle uh dialectical struggle between generations um, yeah. yeah no i think that there's something i mean there's a lot 
lot of like I I I read a lot of kind of biology in here, like in this malevolence of of there being these, um, and I I read that in in songs like um, in Bloom, uh, in in Breed to an extent, uh, uh, territorial pissings. Um, I mean, lithium to an extent in its kind of references to kind of bipolarism of these kind of whether it is biological urges or kind of hormonal urges or or kind of, um, you know, brain chemistry urges that there, that there is these there are these kinds of um, malevolent urges that are coming from within your body yeah. or the bodies of others. And that actually connects a lot to, I think, American Psycho as well. I mean, especially um, the the Brady Stinella novel um which i think um kind of clarifies that a lot more uh that because it really kind of depicts the mental breaking right and 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 the kind of uh in the kind of first person um patrick Bateman narration kind of a depiction of his dis- attempts to describe what is happening within him right and it's just there right i mean just in like in bloom right um uh, uh, you know, uh, right. It's, um, sell the kids for food. Weather changes moods. Spring is here again. Reproductive glands. Right. Um, and, and, um, and then it kind of in, in, as one of these kind of, um, loud soft songs explodes into, um, he's the one who likes all our pretty songs and he likes to sing along and he likes to shoot his gun, but he don't know what it means. Uh, don't know what it means when I say, um and 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 i think that these kind of the the like the this interplay between the kind of um these the kind of biological urges later on right he talks about kind of right i mean it kind of gets the title line of um you know we can have some more nature is a whore bruises on the fruit tender age in bloom um and i mean talk about just like the kind of the 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 poetry right um and and the way that that interacts with the song and the kind of build the builds uh and release um is 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 this kind of depiction of these like kind of right uh, these kind of uncontrollable urges and and these uncontrollable malevolent urges that are that are that are kind of within it's yeah what is are the bruises on the fruit like this is very uh, this is very interesting to me because like when you're looking at this kind of thing um uh when you're looking at when you're looking at this this kind of thing like there is this like are the bruises on the fruit good or bad right like is it are do do you know what I mean? Does that I don't know. Does that does yeah, that yeah, make yeah. sense? Does that does that make sense? Like I think there's I think there's kind of an ambivalence. Uh, I think there's a, not just a criticism, but ambivalence here is what is uh, is what I mean is what I mean to say, right? Like that uh, uh, the bruises on the fruit are are uh, are a sign of the fruits the fruits tenderness uh or a sign of its kind of organicness a sign of its realness right yeah. i mean and maybe i'm i'm importing too much of my own prejudices here uh but the um but like the sort of nature uh uh we can have some more nature is a whore it, so okay this this is a claim of the this is a claim of the exploiter who's saying uh 
this is a claim of the the exploiter who's saying we can take whatever we want uh, yeah. out of the natural world. Like we can um, uh, uh, we can exploit and develop and and uh, pretty much without without limit um, the natural world because because nature is a horror. Uh, you can, you sort of pay for you pay for what you take, right? Um, but but bruises. You know, I don't know. Bruises on the fruit is a little is a little bit like is this like in a perfect world when, where we're not exploiting nature, there would be no bruises on the fruit. Uh, I don't think so. Right. That's that's a more ambivalent. It's a more ambivalent image to me uh, about like uh, especially uh, tender, tender age yeah. and bloom. Right. That's part of the process of decay. Right. Like, the, yeah. That of of kind of of ripening and decay. It's also it's also natural, right? It's sort of not. It's unprocessed. You know, like there are no bruises on canned fruit. I guess is my you know what I mean is my is my point. And so there's a sort of there's no, a but there, but there are dents. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. Um, yeah, and of course it's always. I mean, it's always sort of selling the kids, uh, uh, selling the kids for for um, selling the selling the kids selling the kids for for food. And this, well, and, this and, and and that I mean that's actually interesting because it's then the kids are also the commodity, right? Right, and I mean it's there in that lyric, um, and that's this interesting rather they are part of the natural resource that is exploited, um, and and kind of over and over again, right? In this in this cycle, yeah, um, and that there's there is something kind of that 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 is weirdly depicted as less of a kind of right as you say like it's not really a marxist theory of exploitation though it is a it is it is a kind of much more primitive theory of it yeah it's not um, it's almost not it, there's almost a kind of magical shamanistic quality to it because value is not being extracted economically value is being extracted from from youth by the the older generation probably right like uh in a way in like a kind of rejuvenating or revitalizing way as though you could like grind the kids up and make a uh, an age-defying serum out of that right and well, yeah but, that's why that's why why they're fishing for the baby with the dollar bill, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like the, the the aquatic baby baby skin is the most tender. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> has it right. Yeah, we're, we're, be very quiet. I'm hunting wascally babies. <laughs> <laughs> where yeah, it hasn't been subjected to the to the harsh, uh, you know, to the harsh sun, and and <laughs> you know this this um yeah the the. Some of the sexual stuff is a little uh is a little bizarre to me right like the the uh the the way it's not it's actually not renewal right like the the sort of sexual image of like you know reproductive gland the flowers in spring being reproductive glands or the fruit which is the kind of the reproductive it, you know the seed containing part of the tree right like being not being like generative not being hopeful but being an image of kind of rotting and and uh rotting and de- decay and sort of tender age um in in bloom, uh, being maybe an ironic, uh, being an ironic thing. And, and, uh, and, and juxtaposed with, with the chorus, like, like, who is he, who is the one who likes all our pretty songs, right? Like, is he the one that 
Is he the the exploiter or the exploity, or is he like the sort of is he one of the the fans, the sort of teenagers who uh, don't know, don't understand the process, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like it's very possible that no one under everyone likes to to shoot their gun and no one knows what it means. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, and 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 it's kind of we're all the problem, right? Because it's a constant cycle of of exploiter um, and 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 exploited. Um, and, and 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 one of those one of our classic Ouroboroses. Um, I mean, I feel like this like this kind of lack of the kind of generativeness of reproduction can next um right directly to breed also um which is i think um right there it's a fourth track right also right there on side one um if you're approaching this as the cassette um right with the the chorus of even if you have even if you need i don't mean to stare we don't have to breed we could plant a house we could build a tree i don't even care we could have all three um and this kind of um Right, right. This, this kind of uh, poking uh, of, of like that, that the kind of reproduction as, as another form of work, right, uh, is what it feels like to me, right, and and, and something that is not, uh, not really desired. At least that mode of productive reproduction, yeah, um, is is rejected, right? Well, there, there's, a, yeah, I mean the the. The, plant a house and build a tree, uh-huh. right? Like sort of conflates natural and artificial processes, yeah. right? And sort sort of scribbles scribbles over them a little bit. And that, like, uh, yeah, we we don't have to, you know, we don't have to breed. Um, and you know, I don't know. He's a little. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, to me, it's like it, in the present day, eh, he's a little young to be thinking about starting a family, you know, <laughs> just don't worry, a uh, Kurt, never mind, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I imagine, <laughs> I imagine a Jewish grandmother saying to him, but the, uh, um, just, just have fun. Enjoy life. Gosh, uh, the tree is beautiful. Eat the fruit. It tastes good. Um, but like, never, never mind the bruise. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Just cut that part away. Throw it away. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. So, so this is, I mean, this is interesting, right? Like it's, it's to a certain extent, it's, it's a rejection of, um, uh, there's a genre of poem, right? That, that is the, the do trying to get laid poem, right? And, uh, it's, it is a proud tradition of lyric poetry, uh, you know, the usually male poet talking to the woman and saying, sleep with me, um, to his coy mistress or the passionate shepherd to his love or, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's usually, it's usually come have sex with me because having sex with me is good. Uh, for whatever reasons and like the reasons, the particular spin on the reasons are where the art is and what will issue from this, uh, is, is good, right? Our, our love and relationship will be, will be a net positive. And, and this is such a great take on this because it's, it's come and don't have sex with me (laughs) because, uh, because having sex is bad, but, and yet it's still, um, and there's a kind of apologetic about our kind of mutual drive, uh, you know, 
to uh, our mutual drive to reproduce. There's something kind of embarrassed and apologetic about it. Uh, I don't mean to stare, you know. Um, and yet, uh, it's still, he's offering inducements, right? We could plant a house. We could build a tree. I don't even care. We could have all three. Where, whereas the kind of the performance of apathy and the performance of, of horror and disgust at this sort of sexual nature is what makes is what is being like offered as attractive to a mate, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, and that like, uh, uh, yeah, that, that I don't, I, anyway, I could sort of go, I'm, I'm curious about the word have in this. I, I don't know if it means possess or if it means have done something. Right. Like doesn't mean even if you have had sex, even if you need to have sex, I don't mean to stare. We don't have to breed Uh, or doesn't mean uh, even if you possess, uh, even if you desire, I don't mean to stare. We don't have to uh, we don't have to breed. I'm not I'm not totally sure, but it's uh, it is an interesting um, it is an interesting sort of thing for, for me anyway to think about. Yeah. Well, were there others that kind of were interesting in in uh, in any vein, uh, either on this vein or just uh, other other kind of songs that have grabbed you uh, as you've listened to this over the years? Well, I mean, I I feel like we need to go. Um, yeah, I I feel like we need to 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 switch this the uh, away from the love songs. <laughs> yeah and and go to some of the social criticism songs and i mean maybe hit the other two uh maybe hit the other two singles right uh and and smells like teen spirit like why it smells like teen spirit works so much um i think is is worthy of uh uh you know is worthy of um uh some close reading but uh but but maybe talking about um talking about lithium right like there's something uh there's there's something there's something so great about the chorus there's something so great and kind of like it connects to the kind of the wordless uh uh pulse and flow of like rock rock energy and liberation um and that like that there's something so in in uh in an album where a lot of of it is sort of rancid like the bruised f- fruit or you know malevolent malevolently sexual or malevolently oppressive uh and conformist right like that yeah yeah uh is so joyful is such a release and such a um uh, a proclamation that uh you know i don't know it feels it feels it feels really good and you know you, you uh i like i defy anyone not to kind of sing along and and you know bang their head when uh when that comes on the radio well and it's interesting because it is in it, because it's a uh a juxtaposition with the verse um, that is is so insincere, right? Because when he says, "I'm so happy because today," right, um, and uh, or, or even "I'm so lonely," that's okay, right? That these are so like 
insincere or not that, yeah, yeah they're they're i mean whether you you view them as being muted or kind of medicated or tamped down um that then the the sincere thing is the chorus right like um is is a, is is some kind of a release um of um of of kind of of what has previously been kind of like uh more repressed or kind of held back right yeah i mean and this is uh you know i don't know this is the, is this a song about is it, i you know i don't know it because it seems like the 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 malevolent force hovering over this this sort of quasi ironic verse and the the chorus is is religion right like the idea of um you know uh i'm not scared let my candles in a daze cuz i found god um Sunday morning is every day for all I care. Uh, I think referring to both a, a sort of lazy state, um, the lazy state, like, uh, or the kind of the, 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 uh, uh, non, the relaxed, uh, state in the, um, you know, that's like in the, the, Bass and the kind of the sound of this, the, the soft sound of the, this loud, soft dynamic song. Um, Sunday morning also being the, like the time that you go to, that you go to church and every day is Sunday morning, right? Like, uh, the, um, the, uh, you know, the kind of extreme, uh, the, the kind of the extreme religiosity of that is, is both a kind of, is, is both a kind of liberating and also an, uh, uh, an oppressive force and it's sort of like a like a psycho like a mood stabilizing drug right it it uh i don't know it 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 sort of flattens out um and so here right like r- rather than rather than on smells like teen spirit like another loud soft song um there i think the soft is more meditative and here the soft is almost like disassociated mm-hmm. uh, uh and the the real song is the is the chorus is the wordless yeah yeah and the the bridge i like it i'm not gonna crack i miss you i'm not gonna crack there right like there's a sort of uh there's a defiance um, in that and in the sort of the, the loud release, uh, and in the defiance is, is, is where the actual, is where the actual song is where the actual song is, is the good side of the, of the dichotomy, right? What is, what is the it and the you in the bridge? Um, what is, what is, uh, what is liked? What, is, who is missed, loved and killed? Yeah. Um, well, well, really Jesus. <laughs> oh, hey hey guys it's me punk rock jesus <laughs> uh that it's i mean i yeah i mean is it about is it about the sort of release i mean is it about the sort of release uh is it about the uh um like i mean really like i love you i'm not gonna crack i killed you i'm not gonna crack is like i, I you know i think there's this sort of struggle uh, this again, this kind of ambivalent struggle with um, with what religion can do, but what the cost uh, what the cost of it is, and like I love you, I'm not going to crack is about religious feelings. I killed you, I'm not going to crack is about the kind of the slightly. Um, 
pathological insistence on like uh uh really emphasizing everybody's guilt in christianity in the in the killing of christ um you know i i miss you is about maybe sort of missing the 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 religion uh like miss missing the you know the the benefits that it that it brought or the kind of the reprieve um that that it bought uh, that it brought i mean i guess so I, so to me i guess that the you and the it is whatever whatever the stabilizing agent is that kind of comes at a great cost you know i mean it's it's interesting and then it is kind of i mean this is a song that is about kind of god this is like god replacer this is like god you know this is like god methadone right um and that like that there is is an attempt to kind of um, that whether it is heroin or like lithium or 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 whatever it is, is that this is attempting to replace to scratch the god itch, um, and and it is like it is is in fact not exactly okay, um, even though he says it's okay, right? Like definitely, if we learn one thing, is don't believe Kurt Cobain when he says like it's okay, because <laughs> it's not. It is. It's it's really not okay. Yeah, it's. I mean. Yeah, th- there is. I mean, and it's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to sort of delve too deep into this, but, you know, he had uh, problems of his own. He had sort of various kinds of demons and however you conceive of those uh, in terms of like a disease model or a kind of spiritual model or, or whatever. It's clear that, that he suffered a great deal. And, you know, that's not yeah. and, and though he made great art, like it's not I don't know. I think it's a little irresponsible to kind of lionize the, the that kind of suffering in the name of like, well, we have, you know, three great studio albums. Um, but, uh, uh, but like, it's clear that in his worldview, it, it's not okay. Right. Like there, there's, there sort of isn't a normal that has been, uh, there isn't a normal, a norm that has been violated, right? Like the, 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 the norm is violation and that's, um, that's a pretty dark, uh, that's a pretty dark, uh, worldview. And I think that that, that is a place that for all of the difference, um, is, is something that connects, um, Nirvana and the worldview of, um, of Nirvana to Pearl Jam, to this kind of other towering, um, grunge record. Right. And, um, what is the line is, um, uh, is, is something wrong? She said, of course, of course there is. Right. Um, and I'm, I think I'm misquoting cause I didn't own that album. <laughs> um, but this was a line that was talked a lot about by Pete when he came on and guessed it, when you guys talked about, um, 10 and, and he wrote a little bit about for the site, right? And so that this is kind of there are different causes and kind of diagnoses of the non-okayness, but that that kind of overall kind of fundamental lack of okayness is kind of a commonality that is that is a root uh, as this, um, you know, of of what kind of becomes the '90s, right? And and becomes a kind of mode of of what's discussed in the '90s. Um, is it? Worth kind of um, uh, touching on um, on on Teen Spirit before we we go. I think it would be of- yeah. I think it would be uh, ir- irresponsible not to take a whiff. 
Um, yeah, I mean, so what is, <laughs> I, I mean, this is an interesting thing of how, of the hard to approach songs on, on this album, this is maybe the hardest. Um, and in part because it is, is kind of the most, I always have found it the most kind of, um, impenetrable and in part because it is the most uh, its own thing, right? And, 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 it, and the, the hardest to, to, um, to unravel. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and I don't, I mean, what, how do, what, what is our entry point for, um, you know, disaggregating teen spirit? I, I guess it's, I guess it's maybe to sort of talk about the, the, the loud soft dynamic maybe I, or, or I don't know. I, I, I could do another, I could do, I, I could do no, a, a number of, of things with it. Right. Like what, what do you think about a mulatto and albino, a mosquito, my libido, right? Is this a, uh, are these things like each other? Are these things, um, uh, unlike each other, are yeah, they? Yeah, I mean, like... these these things are the words of the chorus of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." <laughs> <laughs> these, yeah, exactly. Um, that, like, uh, you know, I don't know that that this the, a sort of, um, yes, yeah, so, so, sort of outcast or you know looked down upon uh, or or you know undervalued. Um, or things that are actually bad, right? Because my libido is in uh, my libido in in there. Um, I love that. I love that. This is this is like Kurt Cobain's like twenty thousand dollar pyramid, right? Like it's like he's like playing one of these like guessing game game shows, like uh, a mulatto, uh, an albino, uh, uh, a mosquito, uh, my libido, uh, things things that are bad, <laughs> things that are things that are reviled and misunderstood. The, the, the geniuses at Rap Genius uh, suggest that it's an SAT style analogy. So a, a mulatto is to an albino as a mosquito is to my libido. Uh, that is to say a person with moderate pigmentation of the skin is to a person with no pigmentation of the skin as a tiny insect is to my sex drive. Uh, you know, again, making the claim to have no, again, making the claim to kind of have no desire to sort of reproduce and no, uh, no sexual energy, but that, you know, look, that's just given the lie to by how energetic these songs are, because like the, the, the drive to create is the drive to create, you know, and that, that, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's almost irresistible. Like almost these songs had to come out, um, uh, of him, but the, uh, the sort of, there's a sort of, there's a taunting irony in, in the verse, in the, in the, uh, in the, la- in the soft section, um, load up on guns, bring your friends. It's fun to lose, uh, and to pretend, um, the, the, I think like, this is, this is heavily ironic, I think. And then she's overboard, self-assured. Oh no, I, I know a dirty word, um, is again, heavily, is heavily ironic, right? Like about the, she, like if she's, you know, uh, overboard, if her sort of personality is too big or whatever, uh, she goes overboard and, and she's confident and, oh, that's, that's bad from the point of view of the, from the point of view of the society. It's, it's like, so it's, it's heavily sarcastic. Um, 
uh, and that it's it's sort of uh, uh, bitter in its in its sarcasm. Same same thing with the second verse. I'm worse at what I do best. For this gift, I feel blessed. Our little group has always been and always will be till the end. Um, both those things are false, right? Right. Unpack, unpack that a little. Bit. Oh, both those statements. Uh, I'm worse at what I do best, and for this gift, I feel blessed. Um, Hashtag blessed. Yeah. And <laughs> right? for this gift, hashtag blessed. Uh, the yeah, pity he was not alive in the in the uh, in the age of um, in the age of in- Instagram. Uh, well, I'm worse at what I do best is sort of garden variety paradox. And for this gift, I I feel blessed is. Um, uh, like I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not extraordinary. I'm glad I'm not the tall poppy. I'm glad I'm not the nail that that sticks up or yeah. the squeaky the squeaky wheel. And this is obviously like you know uh, this is obviously not true. Uh, our little group has always been and always will be till the end. I think this is again right like uh, in in a record about how things decay. The idea of like social cohesion that persists through time is frankly laughable. Um, yeah, and and I think that that connects right into the chorus, right? Which is, um, you know, with the lights out, it's less dangerous, right? And and that's because no one can see you, right? And no one can, no one can kind of, no one can judge you, um, or or and, and again, that's also kind of ironic, right? Um, in that, it, or it's it's spoken in a way of like. Uh, that is that is to be to be mocked right that um and but but i think then then that's what's interesting is that is i feel stupid and contagious sincere yeah uh yeah i mean i think it i i think it is right like i feel stupid and my stupidity uh i stupidity is is contagious right like <laughs> and in, in that way that i feel like that this is like a, di- a like a disease theory of 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 uh contagious stupidity right that that, that the mosquito is is uh, uh <laughs> right that this is this is this is like the mosquito is is the vector for 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 teenage yeah stupi- it's stupidity. It, right exactly it's an it's an apathy malaria you know right that's, exactly you know that's spread by that's spread by the the mosquito i mean maybe it's is sort of it, it's a little early but maybe it's there like uh they they had released an album already and they they were well known in certain circles and maybe it's like being a uh being a rock band like is stupid or being a uh the front man of a rock band uh is stupid and sort of contagious through the medium of the um through the uh uh, through the medium of the the medium of the lyrics, um, that that's maybe why uh, you know I don't know that that's maybe why uh, he says here we are now entertain us you know uh, maybe that's not the the uh, maybe that's not the band maybe it's a kind of sincere call to to flip the band audience um, the uh, the the band audience dynamic dichotomy on its head right. Yeah, I mean, well, it is like also, it is like, um, yeah, it's also a little bit like a are you not entertained? Like, like it's like, yeah, or it's like even even the entertainers need to be entertained. Yeah. Like, um, like it takes, <laughs> it takes, and it could be even entertain us with your apathy. <laughs> like, um, but like give us give us something to work uh, off of. I mean, here's another one though. Another way to read entertain is like enter. I mean, the the other way of reading this is like, um, like we're here entertain 
the possibility of Nirvana. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like, well, we're here already. So, you know, we made this record. You might as well entertain us uh, as, a, as a possibility of the thing that you will listen to for the next 25 years. <laughs> in the, yeah, exactly. As in, in the marketplace. But, but Lord knows they were right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we are enter, we are entertaining the the, the notion even today, uh, and so uh, go out and 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 entertain yourself. Um, you know, uh, go ahead and make this a little more contagious. Here's like, um, here's a challenge: find somebody that you know that's never listened to Nevermind. Ooh, good one. And get them to listen to Nevermind. And it might be someone who is of a different um, age cohort, uh, older or younger. Um, might be someone who had very different um, uh, musical tastes growing up um, or, or uh, someone who grew up in another region uh, or just who had avoided it, had a different picture of that. Uh, and and give them, a, you know, a, uh, I was going to say give them a copy of, of Nevermind, um, but, you know, uh, no one makes mixtapes uh, anymore, um, so send them a Spotify link uh, to a playlist uh, and, or, you know, paste it, um, paste, uh, a, paste it to their, their Facebook wall or do ever um, what you, uh, what you would, and, and see how they react. See if, if, if it entertains them uh, and if they entertain it, uh, and uh, and 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 that I think that's a good way of uh, of any as good of a way of any to celebrate CD Store Day, um, and do that with any of these '90s records that we've discussed. Um, you know, especially uh, as another plug, um, Low End Theory is another one. Um, if you still haven't gotten around to listening to that, or if you know someone who hasn't, um, share that um, because I think that these are these things that, on the one hand, while for many of us these us these were these kind of bedrock albums of our youth um that for many people they weren't uh and so i think find a way to to be that great uh to to spread the word because punk rock jesus shall return again uh, and and we must we must be prepared for the second coming of punk rock jesus <laughs> um, and until then we will be spreading the good the good punk rock word uh here uh on theory for turntables and on the many many ways that you can get words of various lengths and numbers uh, on twitter you can get about uh, 140 characters worth. Uh, we are at TFT Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, Theory for Turntables. Um, and you can find us on the web at Overthinking It uh, uh, and on the show notes for this podcast and join in the conversation there. We are almost done with 1991, but we're not quite yet. There is one, I mean, one more momentous 1991 album that we're going to touch on next week before pivoting back to um, contemporary albums. And it's a good one. It's a good one that is uh uh in in a a surprising way um deeply intertwined uh with nevermind uh from a historical uh, perspective um and and i think really marks kind of the shifting of the eras um in really important ways and so that's as good of a a surprise that i'm going to uh, keep um and so um keep keep living in the 90s keep re- re- remembering the the nostalgia um sharing uh the contagion um and just know however you're enjoying it you will be keeping it real